the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's the Nick D Podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. Uh, today's a special day. Love stinks. Love stinks. Love stinks. That's right. It's Valentine's Day. And I hate Valentine's Day. And if you've been a regular listener uh, of my old radio show on the car wash, uh, I did uh, an annual anti-Valentine's Day show to celebrate how much I can't stand that holiday. Uh, even when I was married, even when I was in uh, healthy relationships and things like that, always, always hated Valentine's Day. So uh, I have always celebrated it. Uh, for, the, for the years that I was on uh, the car wash over there at WGN, uh, for over 22 years, I did the annual anti-Valentine's Day uh, show. And we are going to do that today. Um, uh, Esmeralda will join me for our regular segment. My dad will come in and tell a joke. Um, as he often does, and we will hear from... Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Her loving this show will be the only love on the show today. <laughs> That's not true. But uh, we will talk about uh, anti-Valentine's Day uh, stories, tell great breakup stories. We've got some from listeners and some subscribers here and some other ones that we found online that are pretty unbelievable. And our own personal breakup and hate stories, not love stories, hate stories. We'll talk about uh, the best anti-Valentine's Day movies to watch, the complete opposite of rom-coms and all that shit, the complete opposite of that, and anti-Valentine's Day songs, songs that will break your heart. So it is anti-Valentine's Day here on the Nick D Podcast. Esmeralda and I will talk all about it and tell our own stories and talk about songs and movies and stories and all kinds of great stuff on this anti-Valentine's Day. Dan Feinberg is going to be sucked into the mess. No, we are going to briefly mention some anti-Valentine's Day television stuff. From the past, but Dan Feinberg joins us every other week to talk about TV. Lots of new stuff to talk about, returning things to talk about. Always a ton of streaming service and television stuff to talk about with Dan. He's the best. He's the best TV critic in the country and the most knowledgeable TV writer of all time. He's with The Hollywood Reporter and The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. So our bi-weekly visit with uh, Dan Feinberg will also happen on this anti-Valentine's Day as well. So that's all coming up. Like I said, my dad will tell a joke. And we are one week away. A week from tonight is our next live show at Zany's in Rosemont. And I expect every single person who can hear my voice right now to be there. And I expect you to call or to make your reservations right now and get your tickets. It's going to be great. Uh, Esmeralda Leon is going to be out of town. She'll be in Mexico. So the lovely Amy Guth, my cohort from back in the days at WGN, she wrote for the Tribune. Uh, she's fantastic and funny and awesome. She will be my co-host for that night. John DeCoste will be our special guest, fantastic comedian with over 40 years of uh, experience as a writer, 
done TV, done movies, contributed to the Steve Cochran Morning Show on WLS AM 890. I'm also the music director there. Hilarious guy who was going to tell hysterical stories and have a great time. We're going to interact with the audience. We've got some taste test stuff we're going to be doing. We've got amazing stuff that we're going to be giving away uh, as prizes with trivia and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, uh, we've got uh, Nick D show uh, t-shirts to give away. My thanks to the people at the basement who put that together, Ron and Jackie. Um, and uh, you can check out uh, mybasement.biz for more information on how to get your t-shirts as well. We got coffee mugs to give away, other great things. And George Carsis, my good friend George, handed me some Gale Street Inn gift certificates to give away. And the Gale Street Inn is the greatest restaurant on the planet. They have the best ribs in the world. Check out galestreet.com right now. Galestreet.com right now. We had dinner there. My folks and I had dinner there over the weekend. And again, spectacular. Never a bad meal. Always a great time. Amazing people. It's the greatest restaurant on the planet. I love George dearly. And George was like, here, give some gift certificates away. So we've got gift certificates for dinner at the Gale Street Inn to give away too. And, and my dad's going to get up on stage and tell a joke to close the show. So if that's not enough for you, get t-shirts to give away, coffee mugs to give away, rest, restaurant, the greatest restaurant on the planet, Gale Street Inn, uh, gift certificates to give away. Uh, Amy Guth on stage, John DeCoss on stage being funny, me being funny, you being a part of a live broadcast podcast ta- uh, taping. This is going to be an amazing show. We've done it twice before and had a blast. Zanies is an amazing room. And you, ne- you got to get out there right now, uh, and we will see you. A week from tonight, Tuesday, February 21st, 7.30 showtime, 6.30 doors will open. Rosemont.zanies.com. Check out the Nick D Podcast live page and order your tickets right now. Let's pack the place. It's going to be spectacular. So Zanies uh, in Rosemont next Tuesday, the 21st. It's going to be unbelievable, and it's going to be fun, and uh, you could walk away with some great prizes and all kinds of really fun stuff, and it's going to be hilarious. Trust me, laughing our ass off is the goal. So rosemont.zanies.com, get your tickets now, or you can call the box office at 847-813-0484. Order your tickets. Let's pack the place now a week from tonight, February 21st. 847-813-0484 or rosemont.zanies.com to get your tickets for our live podcast recording. It's going to be spectacular. So get your butt there now. And remember, love stinks. Love stinks. it does. It absolutely does. And it's anti-Valentine's Day here. And uh, we'll get the show kicked off with Dan Feinberg talking TV and much, much more uh, on uh, the Nick D podcast. Uh, after I say that you deserve some congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff. Every other week, we uh, talk with Dan Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter and from his uh, website, The Fine Print. And that fine is spelled um, F-I-E-N, as in his last name, Feinberg. And we say hello to TV critic and good friend Dan Feinberg. Hi, Dan. 
What up, Nick? How are you, buddy? I'm okay. I, I like to think that I am a virtual equivalent of a box of chocolates and a bouquet of flowers for all of your <laughs> listeners today. Well, as we jump into uh, the ne- the last segment with my partner, Esmeralda, we are going to dive deep into the world of anti-Valentine's Day. I'm not a fan of the holiday, Dan. Um <laughs> When I was uh, married or when I was even in a, a good relationship, I never really liked to celebrate it. I hated it. I've, I've had a lot of issues with it uh, for many reasons. And so when I was on uh, WGN for many, many years, every year, I did 22 of them, in fact, I did an anti-Valentine's Day show where the entire show was dedicated to that. So uh, Esmeralda and I, the last part of the show will be diving into anti-Valentine's Day movies and anti-Valentine's Day songs and breakup stories and all kinds of really fun stuff. So that's going to be coming up. But I, I, you know, because TV has covered anti-Valentine's Day stuff in the past or there have been like really bad romantic things to watch in the years, I would love to get your thoughts, Dan, on some, you know, past things or maybe present things or things that would be inappropriate to watch on Valentine's Day or maybe some thoroughly anti-Valentine's Day TV stuff. Hmm. I am going to say that the first thing that comes to my mind here, well, the second thing, the first thing that comes to my mind is we could just call it a President's Day uh, podcast discussion instead. We could get a few <laughs> days early and just skip right. Valentine's Day entirely. Uh, you know no what? one's I, making you honor Valentine's Day. I, I never <laughs> thought about that before. The reason why is because I was on five days a week and and uh, and I would fall on. And this actually is Valentine's Day today. So, um, so... It does really fall on it, but I like the idea of skipping it in general, and uh, uh, you know. But but yeah, it's become a tradition, and today is Valentine's Day, so. Well, no, you. But when you say uh, anti Valentines, I sort of go to anti romantic or yep. to or to sort of pickled versions of romance, and, yeah. and I think that's kind of the direction that my own sensibilities tend to go. Like sort of my idea of the of the perfect romantic movie is is something like the apartment which is obviously a horrible romantic movie except that it's utterly brilliant so i think there are probably five or ten good billy wilder movies no the first thing that comes to it's funny by the way i'm sorry dan it's funny that you mentioned that because the music box theater here in chicago which is uh the best theater um for the past uh seven weeks every weekend at 11 30 on saturday and on sunday they've been showing a billy wilder movie um and it's been magnificent. Uh, and just this, just the other day, it was some like it hot, which I mean, what, I mean, you know, what can you say about that? Uh, the week before, smallest crowd of the of the matinees, uh, oddly, was for Ace in the Hole, <laughs> which is my favorite Billy Wilder movie, which I think says a lot of, a lot about me. But they showed the apartment uh, on New Year's, like to, to kick off the whole the whole thing. They showed the apartment on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day, and. Uh, and to see that back yeah. on the big screen again, my God, Dan, it's such a, it's an incredible oh, it's, film. It's probably one of my five favorite movies of yeah. all time, if I yeah. had to, if I had to make a list of such things. Uh, but no, so going back to sort of anti-Valentines, I, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind when you say it is uh, the, not exactly short-lived, I guess it ran for four seasons, is the FX series, You're the Worst. That's mm-hmm. that That to me is my idea of a show that is simultaneously romantic at its heart but also cynical about absolutely every aspect of conventionally represented romance so it's a show that allows you to if you want to watch it 
and pretend that it's making you believe in a certain kind of love. Or alternatively, it's a show about how sometimes toxic people come together and produce toxicity. And maybe there are positives to it and maybe there are negatives to it, but it's still an awful lot of toxicity. And so, uh, yeah, it ran for four years. It is all on on Hulu right now, available to watch, created by Stephen Falk. Fantastic uh, cast led by Aya Cash and Chris Gere and Kether Donahue, uh, Desmond Borges. Just a, a great cast. Very, very funny. Very romantic in weird ways. And then sometimes very dark. And it's also about mental illness. It's a really, really good show. And, and that is the thing that came to my mind when yeah. you when you mentioned the topic. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great one. That is a, that's a, that is a great choice. You're the worst. I'm I'm always surprised when I hear Heather Donahue didn't die in a house in the middle of the forest. That's always a weird thing to me. <laughs> that, that is see. There's a difference between Heather Donahue oh, and I Heather see. Donahue. Got it. Okay. One Sorry. of them. To, one of them totally died in a forest and somehow has has occasionally appeared in other movies in really confusing ways. Right. There was a period where where what's his name Leonard uh, from the same Josh, cast Josh, Josh yeah, where yeah. he was where he was in. A, like every other Sundance movie for two or he three was. years. Uh, he he worked after. with <laughs> Yeah, no, after no, he worked with the late great Liz Sheridan, uh uh not Sheridan, uh Shelton. Yes. Um uh in, in Hump Day and a couple of other movies. And oh yeah, I remember every time any of those guys would show up, any three of them would show up, I'd be like, Hey, they're dead. What the isn't, jo I, I, isn't Joshua just still, isn't he still like, isn't his back turned to the camera? Isn't he standing against the wall right now? <laughs> I don't know if it's my job, Nick, to, uh, to, to break certain facts to you. So I'm just going to say sometimes things are, are, you know, filmed before and then it just takes them five or six years or 15 or 20 years to oh, come Oh, I out. see. Okay. So. Okay. That makes sense then. Now, it all, so it that's, all makes sense. So that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That all makes sense to me now. Okay, great. Uh, anything I hope, else? For I hope that helps you sleep at night. Anything else for anti Valentine's Day, or just you're the one? Uh, I think that was the thing that came up because yeah. otherwise, I I look for the actual romantic things, like you know something like the coach Mrs. Coach relationship from Friday Night Lights. You know that that's mm. the kind of thing that makes you truly believe in love. And <laughs> if you're going to truly believe in love, when would you do it other than Valentine's Day? Got so. It. Or no the other, other 364 days a year. Or uh, whatever. Exactly. It's not. It, yeah. Those other f days, they don't count. Only today counts. I don't know. If they haven't been as they haven't been as aggressively branded by the uh, the gr yeah. uh, greeting card and flower industry. So, right. right. I also find it hilarious that they've taken um, a, a throwaway joke on Parks and Rec that was meant to be a satire of how goofy Leslie Nope is and actually turned it into a holiday. Would this be Valentine's Day? Yes. Yes. Ah, yes. Well, like, you know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> things just make make sense. And yeah. uh, I think a lot of things that were jokes on Parks and Recreation uh, somehow simply moved into the real world. I believe the way that, that Treat Yourself has become also right. yeah. a thing that some right. people have made into gospel for themselves. So, right. look, if you're, if you're a good TV show then you have persuasive powers like there. look at look at how Christmaca became a a true and formal holiday after the oc okay there you go all right all right well thank you for that you're the worst is a great anti-valentine's day series to watch uh for this wonderful holiday um we are a couple of days out from the uh from the super bowl of which i did not see any of it um what were you doing instead nick uh i well i was well i I spent. I saw the Billy. I saw a Billy Wilder movie, and then I spent the day with with somebody, and we hung out like all day. And then when I got home, I started to watch it, and I fell asleep on the couch. 
Uh, and then I just didn't, I didn't DVR it. I, you know, I mean, if I want to watch the commercials, of which I have watched a few, I can watch them online. I did not see the Rihanna halftime show. Um, uh, I, so I have no opinion. Uh, what were your thoughts on the halftime show and the Super Bowl and the commercials and all that stuff in general? The thing I would tell you is that you could seek out some of these commercials and watch them on YouTube, or you could stop and remember that these are commercials. Right. And that, <laughs> and that for heaven's sakes, either you will be forced to watch them in perpetuity for the rest of the year and going forward, right. or else maybe you can just skip over the commercials the way 90% of people attempt to do every time they're watching TV in any way, shape, or form. And why on the Super Bowl do we go out of our way to watch the same commercials over and over again and to make sure that we write extensive articles praising which brands did well and which didn't do well? For heaven's yeah. sakes, they're commercials, Well, people. see, that's, that's why I feel no urgency. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a big Rihanna guy. I'm just not. And I'm not a football guy. Um, uh, and like, if there is some sort of commercial that I would like to watch, I will look for it on YouTube. So I, that's why when I fell asleep on the couch, I was like, okay, I don't care. You know what I mean? It wasn't, <laughs> I did not jump up and, you know, make a pot of coffee or anything. I was very tired. I fell asleep on the couch and I just didn't care. So there's no sense of urgency for me because of what you just said. They are commercials and it's not like they're not going to be aired again throughout the rest of the year. Exactly. I mean, why we we get so tired of of every commercial anyway? Why do we force the acceleration of the process at this time of year? But <laughs> yeah. it, and and it is not a good explanation that well they spent so much money on these commercials. Who cares? It's not your money, and it doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form. So True. Yeah. also yeah. the narrative every year is the exact same narrative, which is man, I wish the days when we had awesome commercials. I wish it was still yeah. those days. Yeah. Um, commercials aren't your friends, people. <laughs> commercials yeah. are advertisements. Yeah. Um, some commercials might have been your friends. The Bud Bowl. The Bud Bowl was absolutely everybody's friend. Ah, that okay. was yeah. That was great. Um, mm -hmm. And and the one Ridley Scott Apple commercial, uh, the 1984 Ridley Scott yep. Apple commercial that aired once. But I remember, otherwise, I, rem I remember watching it. I remember watching it. And um, and that is is that the only commercial ever that's only been run once? I'm sure there are many others. It's just the one that is most notorious for its cost and for its subsequent influence. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, it's a great commercial. Yeah. I, and sometimes you get artistic commercials. Walking away from this year's commercials, I did not feel as if we had been treated to the next 1984 Ridley Scott-directed commercial. But, you know, what can you do? Though I did compare... Uh, uh, one of the commercials to Terrence Malick's Tree of Life. So wait, what? Okay, you got to You're gonna have to clarify that for me. Sorry, you just There's, threw. I'm sorry. I, what the hell? Am I in? Am I on Mars now? What just happened? You. you so, what? But the problem is now that you're gonna go and seek it out, and you're just gonna give them more money. No, I. I, I really, really liked the commercial uh, for whichever dog food it is. That's the other thing. Most of these commercials do absolutely nothing to imprint the brand. Oh, on yeah. me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's kind me, of that's notorious, though. I mean, that's every year. Like, I don't remember what the product is, but it had, you know, John Lithgow in it. That's that in the that's all I remember. But either you're attempting to build a brand and actually make people care about a brand or you're just doing a funny little bit of storytelling. But if I don't remember what your commercial was for, it didn't work. Right. So right. Which is why, for example, the frogs saying, but why yeah sir that's right. a great commercial yes it is yes it is. <laughs> it is a commercial that is both adorable funny and you cannot even if you try 
forget what the commercial yeah. was for. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. That's a go-to. That's like one of the go-to. If you're, if you're talking about examples of great commercials, absolutely the frogs, the, the Budweiser frogs are way up on top of that list. Because you can't make a joke about it without saying what the product is. Therefore, exactly right. the product wins. Does it tell me anything at all about why I want to drink the beer? No, no. of course not. <laughs> but I say Budweiser over and over again, so right. it wins. Right. Uh, no, so there was a commercial for some dog food brand i'm i'm blanking on what it is some gourmet dog food brand that was basically kind of a a here's a girl who got a puppy when she was a little girl the puppy was with her through her through her youth through her college time and then the dog as a dog is with her as she has a child of her own and it is sort of a circle of life uh puppies will be with you puppies are important feed your puppy this very expensive dog food and it was just it was just a beautiful little story it wasn't there wasn't anything complicated about it it was just oh puppy (laughs) yeah (laughs) nothing else just oh puppy and then later there was a commercial this one i actually vaguely remember that it was for amazon there was another commercial where everyone's talking about how they everyone is loving their big dog and the family loves their dog and they leave the dog and the dog while they're gone destroys everything in the house. That was it. See, again, you, you, you pay wildly expensive actors to appear in some of your commercials. And the only ones that I'm talking about a day later are the ones that had cute dogs. So, <laughs> so like, why are you going to waste money on celebrity right. X, Y, or Z when all I need is I a puppy? Uh, all I need is a puppy a monkey or a talking baby and those are the things i'm going to remember right so So the so the 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 puppy dog food commercial is the one that was the terrence malick like yes because it because it was sort of about the span of life and the connectivity of life and it was all these just impressionistic moments of okay here here are the things that are happening in your life and here is how your dog is there for you in those moments it you know you don't you don't there's not a lot of not a lot of whispery voiceover in it or anything like that nope it is it is just it is just a here is the journey of life and here is why you want to have a dog with you on that journey you can't argue with it and here's why you want to feed your dog some expensive dog food right um which which half of my twitter feed is like yeah i got that dog food for my dog and my dog hated it so what am i supposed to do now <laughs> um but oh well it, no what can oh, you do man. Um, All right. well the, the most of the talk that i've uh, heard and uh, you know um, and read about you know uh, uh, commercial wise there were there was a lot of talk about uh, will ferrell uh in a commercial and uh dave grohl in a booze commercial uh, those were the ones that kind of got uh, a lot of the traction where I was reading. Absolutely. And and the Will Ferrell commercial, which was for some electric vehicle, once again, I'm not going to go out of my way to figure out what electrical vehicle it was. It was just a, here's an electrical vehicle. And the joke was uh, all Netflix shows are now going to feature this electric vehicle. In some of them, it will be appropriate, but maybe we won't have it in the ones that aren't appropriate. Like, for example, Bridgerton. It, it was it was not a bad thing it was it was a chuckle it was yeah. like it was it was a product placement commercial for product placement so yay congratulations yeah. i you know netflix will keep raising its money and keep uh cutting back on um on you know sharing of passwords and all of that but how nice that they have also got a product placement deal for electric vehicles yay yeah. um they're totally out of the goodness of their own hearts uh right. definitely not large amounts of money um and then the dave Grohl one was was sort of it was about canada and then like it was a newspaper booze there were other yeah. good ones that there was a Dunkin' Donuts ad with Ben Affleck that was exactly what you would want a Dunkin' Donuts ad with Ben Affleck to be. It was that's was like <laughs> Jessica or Jessica, uh, 
uh, Jennifer Lopez discovering that he's working there is the yes. Joke? Jennifer the Lopez joke? discovering he's working there is is the punchline to it. Uh, but it was it was just funny. It was I I have no objections to to that. It it's a good. It's the kind of thing where if you actually have a celebrity who is completely associated with a product, why not take advantage yeah, of that? And sure. It didn't, I, you know, I can't imagine it cost anything other than how much they had to pay for <laughs> for Ben Affleck and J-Lo, and I assume right. they are not cheap. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There was a, a commercial for, I, I guess, T-Mobile with, uh, with Bradley Cooper and Bradley Cooper's mom that was allegedly almost entirely improvised. It was, it was funny, and Bradley Cooper's mom definitely stole the ad and was mm-hmm. very funny. He, mm-hmm. you know, he, he protested, I've been nominated for nine Oscars. She's like, yes, but you haven't won any. Yeah, so it was, it yeah, was okay. cute and funny. Okay. And <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, what else? What what else? Well, have you the heard other things about to, to me the 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 ones that I'm most interested in are the are the movie trailers that they that they show. Those are the ones that always interest me the most, considering I'm a movie guy. And I did see the trailer for the Flash. I could not be less interested, um, except for when Michael Keaton showed up, which I guess everybody went apeshit over, and makes sense because he's like you know of the movie Batman. He's my favorite of the movie Batman. Um, with, with Robert Pattinson being second. And I know I'm crazy, but that's just the way I feel. And so him showing up was cool, but I just don't care about any of the other stuff. Not even my buddy Michael Shannon coming back as Zod. I don't care about any of that. But, but Michael Keaton got a lot of, I mean, the, I mean he was all over the place. Uh, people went nuts when he showed up. And the problem with that one is that the press around that movie has been yeah. so consistently toxic because of all of the troubles that Ezra Miller has had. And so what that trailer needed to do, maybe it needed to get some people excited for it, but what it needed to do was to get people not negative about it. It needed to get people actually talking about this as a movie rather than talking about it as the thing that Ezra Miller was doing horrible things right. while he was making. Right. And I think it succeeded at that. I really do. I, I It didn't get me by any stretch of the imagination pumped for the movie, yeah. but completely and totally gave the impression that there was enough of a yeah. movie there yeah. that that the fact that that Warner Brothers hasn't buried the movie to avoid yeah. having to have these conversations about slash with Ezra Miller, yeah. this was the first time where where I got the impression, okay, so there's a movie that they're attempting to protect and that they think has some value or that they evidently spent a large amount of money on. And that's ultimately what it I would say succeeded yeah. at doing, probably. Yeah, I mean the only thing it succeeded at doing for me was, oh, cool. Uh Michael Keaton's in it. And I would imagine Michael Keaton is going to be in it for 15 minutes. And that would be the, (laughs) but, but I think they also did want to give the impression that he is a substantive part of the movie. Like they wanted to say, this is not just going to be a thing where you're going to wait for the mid credit scene and he's going to pop up like, like Henry Cavill popping up, but I didn't see Morbius. So so no spoilers. Oh yeah. Yeah. At this point, no spoilers (laughs) for Morbius. Really? Uh-huh. But yeah, I no. Was gonna... he, it, it was the only movie that I ever remember the mid credits or post credits, whatever the hell they call those things uh, in, in those comic book movies. I'm just so done with them. But you have to wait. This is the only time I'd ever seen this. Mo- when I saw Morbius, it was the only time I ever saw a movie where an actor was featured in the trailer, but he wasn't in the movie proper until the post credits. Like Michael Keaton is in the trailer for Morbius, and he's not in the movie. He's in the mid credit or post credit scene. 
And I've never seen that before. I, I've never seen that before, ever. I, I kind of like the other side of the equation, which is the Henry Cavill um, yeah. cameo in Black Adam. In Black Adam, where yeah, yeah. it's a ridiculous, pointless cameo. And by the time <laughs> almost everybody had watched it on uh, on HBO Max, Henry Cavill had already been pushed out as Superman, and so so it was basically. Right, a, right. And the and the movie had done poorly enough, and The Rock had gone on his lie filled. It's actually a huge success campaign, right? Um, <laughs> that so basically it became this thing where okay, here's the setup for a sequel that you know you're now never going to get, right. featuring a guy who's <laughs> no longer playing Superman. That to me right. was a great pointless yeah. tease. It was funny uh, because I saw that movie at like a press slash public screening um at black adam a couple of days before it opened and um and at the end when he showed up i mean there were bursts of laughter in the theater like people were like what <laughs> what is happening here what uh so i don't know it was just uh, that that whole movie was a train wreck of of biblical proportions uh but anyway it's it is not a, it is not a good movie um and i have no idea if the flash is going to be but at least they wanted to make it clear that michael keaton is a significant enough part yeah. of the movie that they're okay with making him a centerpiece it, of the it, trailer. It did it did perk me up only because it's Michael Keaton. Like, I don't care about it at all. But then when he showed up and, went, and he says, I'm Batman, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I like that. But now, <laughs> but, that, but I'm not going to, I don't care about the movie at all. It doesn't make me even remotely interested in it. But, um, but like uh, the Indiana Jones, uh, the new Indiana Jones, again, I don't care about it. I, I just, like all the big movies that everybody is, like they, they, they're, they're really pumping up. I'm just angry guy, I guess. I don't care about any of them. Uh, what still, were some? What were some of the other ones that they showed? Indiana Jones. I don't care. The Flash. There was Indiana care. Jones, which I thought was. I thought it was an okay trailer. It it probably looks a little CG heavy. Uh, both the the de aging of Indy right. that happens in some scenes apparently, but also a lot of it looks CG heavy in a way that was also obviously a major problem with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So right, right. you know, not a great sign. Even if this and one I'm a is fan. I'm a James. really big fan. Of, I'm a fan of James Mangold a lot. I like his stuff. And, and and for my money, speaking of comic book movies, I think he made the best comic book movie of all time with Logan. And 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 I love his stuff. I've, most of it, not all of it, but for the most part, I like it. And I you know, and I think he's an interesting choice for this. But I just can't fake it. You know. What I think, though, that he's there for is I think he is unquestionably a director who, as a rule, tends to make above average movies. And I think that's almost a reassurance to the people who hated Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is, okay. this will at least not be that. Right, right, right. (laughs) Nothing else. We we can't say anything else, but maybe it will be an above average movie. (laughs) Okay, fine. Uh, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, no, I'm trying to think of what else there were ads for. So, you know, there was there was an ad for, uh, for for the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which looks like it will be a Guardians of the Galaxy right, movie. Right. There was an ad for the new Transformers movie that looks like oh. it's going to be a Transformers movie. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of what else there. There were a lot of movie ads, and obviously for the past two years there weren't for very logical yes. reasons. Right. People were just sitting it out, and this was this was somewhat a way of people saying. Or rather, the movie studio saying, "Please, please, please, come back to the movie theaters." Please. Was there was there a Mission Impossible commercial? No, there was not oh, a Mission Impossible okay. commercial because there doesn't um, need to be. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they probably <laughs> basically the Tom Cruise will put out yeah, some no. other random video of himself jumping off a cliff or something, <laughs> and people will be like, "Okay, great." Um, also, obviously, thanks to Top Gun. Yeah. At this point, we've we've forgotten all of the things that we were uncomfortable about uh, Tom Cruise for, and now right. we're like, "Okay, sure, we'll go see anything he does." So, right. 
Right. You know, also those movies, the recent ones have all been varying degrees are pretty good. No, they're great. I love the Mission Impossible movies. I think they're terrific. I thought the last one was amazing. I thought Fallout was incredible. Um, So, yeah. I I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember Fallout vividly. I I think Ghost Protocol remains my favorite of the post-Obama ones. Also uh, great. also you great. Uh, and uh, the last one that featured, uh, oddly, Henry Cavill, or Cavill, or however you pronounce his name, in uh, uh, that fight scene in the bathroom, which is one of my favorite hand-to-hand fight. Not just him, but uh, the, the other supporting characters. The big fight scene in the bathroom. One of the best fight scenes uh, I've seen in a movie in many, many years. Um, nope, so. that, was a, that was a very good scene. That was yeah. a very good scene. I'm trying to think if there were any other trailers that felt notable. There were definitely other trailers. Yes, just but again, whatever. I think it's. I think it's. Was there a Dune trailer? Because that's the only thing I really. Oh, care there about. was. There was definitely not a Dune tra- trailer. Okay. And I don't. <laughs> and also, there there would be no, there would be no financial advantage to a Dune tra- Dune trailer with okay. the Super. I don't know. Like I don't know. That's the only movie I'm really honest to God. It's the only movie I'm actively looking forward to. Is the is the, is the second Dune? Yeah. No. The, they they did they did not feel the need okay. to promote that. Or you know, I think they know that the audience is out there right. and it the, will. The, us dorks are going to go see it. So uh, anyway, all right. What did you think of the halftime show? I thought the halftime show was was solid. Like the the way I described it, the word I kept using over and over again in my uh, review on THR was that it was cohesive, which is not really anything that either <laughs> A is usually used as a compliment, right? Or B is usually used to describe a Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> so both of those things, like what it, it this. Normally with the Super Bowl halftime show, yes, there are obviously the exceptions where, you know, it really is just, okay, it's going to be a Rolling Stones concert for 10 minutes and that's what it is, or, you know, Prince, obviously, or whatever. Uh, But normally these days, more and more and more frequently, it's become a, how many different guest stars can we bring in? How many, how many different ways can we cause people to want to tweet, oh my God? In the yeah. middle of the halftime show, and this was not that. Yeah, I, and I've not seen it. I've I've seen chunks of it, you know, obviously, but <clears throat> I, no guest stars at all. Just Rihanna and a bunch of Oompa Loompas is what I've heard. <laughs> there were a lot. There were a lot of dancers, but yeah, no. It, and it's funny because Rihanna has built her career not entirely, but in large part around collaborative singles absolutely yeah and so so many of her singles you can understand for for example why they did not bring out kanye west to do a song with rihanna and probably jay-z is too busy to right make a cameo a little little a little sad that shy ronnie uh did not show up (laughs) so that that's where my head is shy ronnie (laughs) (laughs) but but yes i have not thought about shy ronnie in a long time <laughs> I just did an episode of my SNL podcast uh, entirely dedicated to the uh, digital shorts. So Shirani was <laughs> Shirani was mentioned. Yes. Um, so yeah, no no guest stars, no, and and so it doesn't even need to be celebrity guest stars. Always, it feels like they're bringing out a chorus of small children or yeah, whatever. Right. None of that, it, and always they tend to be built around ooh big exciting costume changes, which can sometimes lead to unfortunate wardrobe malfunctions. Yes. So maybe yes. just as well. Uh, sometimes big, you know, stage changes. None of that. It was really she. She did come down on a floating set of staircases, right. right? And that was really cool. And she was wearing a a really cool outfit that was 
based entirely upon getting people to tweet, oh my God, is Brianna pregnant again? And, and then she apparently, is. Apparently, turns out she is. Yeah. Uh, one way or the other, though, none of my damn business. Uh, right. But, right. but whatever. Uh, and then it was her going through her catalog. And uh, look, Rihanna has a lot of hits. She, she really too. does. And so... She absolutely has enough hits to do a really solid 10-minute medley of a bunch of her hits, and I thought she did. I thought it was not in any way exciting, but I thought it was absolutely satisfying if that was the thing you wanted. And also, as I mentioned in my review, the chaos normally manifests itself also in directors not entirely knowing where they're supposed to have the camera at any moment. Sure. Of shoddy editing where somebody missed who was actually singing at a moment or yep. missed the big special effect thing. Yep. In this circumstance, the director knew where absolutely everything was going to be at any given time. And so it was very smooth and it was very proficient. So if you if you wanted big guest stars, you were disappointed. If you didn't want it to be a showcase for Rihanna and Rihanna's hits, you were disappointed. But I think if what you wanted was, here's 10 minutes of entertainment from Rihanna uh, between halves of a football game, I thought it did what it was supposed to do yeah. admirably. And I, I don't think that this is one of the halftime shows that people are going to talk about. And I think that that is, that is a true thing. But I also don't think there, that most people are going to talk about it as a disaster, That which yeah. is also a way that people talk about halftime shows sometimes. Sure, sure. yeah. So they, they, to- they chose a direction. And whether they had to choose this direction in part because of the pregnancy, whether there were simply limitations right. to what she felt right. like she wanted to do, I have no answer to that. But it, maybe it was. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a satisfying enough version of the thing it was. It was entertaining for 10 minutes and I probably won't think of it again with either pleasure or with enmity, and sometimes that's enough. There you go. Did you see uh, Albert Brooks's tweet about it? Um, God, I'm trying to think. I saw... No, because what? Because I was too busy getting ready to write about it. I saw his tweet about uh, being pissed off about the holding call at the end of right, the yeah, Right, game. no, no, no. His tweet, his tweet about the halftime show was, uh, I, I really enjoyed the Squid Game halftime show. That was that was Albert Brooks making a Squid Game reference. I went, what? <laughs> the the Oompa Loompas were either wearing Oompa Loompa costumes or they were wearing white tracksuits. I can yeah, I can I accept just, that. You know, but but to me, it it wasn't like the whole much of the tweet. It was like who tweeted it. I was like Albert Brooks watched Squid Game. I don't know for some reason why that. <laughs> Everybody watched Squid Game. No, like, I know, everybody. I, I know, but like I and, and Albert Brooks made a made a, a a little piece of comedy about Squid Game. If some reason that made me very happy well everything albert brooks does makes me happy but but just that that tweet i was like okay that's my favorite tweet ever is albert brooks makes a reference to squid game which is i don't know why i would think that that would be so far off his radar i have no idea why but it made me happy <laughs> and there and there was a squid game reference in the aforementioned will ferrell electric car commercial so oh okay lots right. of lots of squid games so might have got right. it on his mind yeah maybe. okay well, anyway that was my favorite tweet uh during the super bowl was was that just my, <laughs> wow whole lot of people wasting their time tweeting about other stuff for albert brooks to just well, sweep in that's the thing albert brooks can sweep in and do anything and it's always my favorite that's kind of <laughs> i do not disagree with that as, as a general principle yeah, exactly that's 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 like the rule of my life is like if albert Brooks has something to do with it, I will automatically like it. So um, anyway. Um, all right. So let's talk about Not Dead Yet. Uh, uh, I, I have watched uh, the, two, uh, the two episodes, and you did review it. Tell us about your review and your thoughts on the new show with Gina Rodriguez, Not Dead Yet. Can I first ask you why you watched it? Uh, Gina Rodriguez. 
Okay. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's that's were you, really. Were you a big Jane the Virgin fan? And I'm not remembering it. I am a fa- I am a big fan of Jane the Virgin. Huh. Yes, I think she's okay. great. I think she's terrific, and and uh, I am a fan of that show. And I saw the, the 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 commercials for it and went, oh god, what a terrible concept. But she was at the center of it, and Martin Mull was in the commercial, and I love Martin Mull very very much. Uh, and so I was like, well, I'm going to watch this just because of that. And I and I did watch the first two episodes. Um, okay, so the premise for you seem for very listen- confused right now. I'm sorry, Dan. No, no, no. I just <laughs> honest, honestly, obviously, I do not know every TV show you love. I just feel yeah. like I have a pretty good sense of a lot of the TV shows you love, and I just don't yeah. remember that being it, one. But- Jane the Virgin fits into that whole like um, that whole area of stuff that I love. That's sort that's sort of dedicated to teenage girls that teenage <laughs> girls should like, like your Felicities and your Gilmore Girls and your. Uh, you know, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend, that kind of stuff. It all fits into that under that umbrella. And Jane the Virgin is one of those shows. And I, and it's mostly because I think she's tremendous in it. Was that under under that umbrella? Was that a was that a Rihanna reference you were making there? Oh, look at that! How you brought well it around. I didn't have my rim. I didn't have my rim shot uh, loaded up and ready to go. I didn't think I'd need it with you. But man, okay. I, I don't it. know. You just mentioned Felicity and didn't cue up a sound cue there oh, either. Well, hold on. Hi, I got I'm that. I'm Carrie Russell, and I <laughs> love Nick's show. We are uh, a week away from. But I'm I am a, a week and a day away from seeing uh, Cocaine Bear. So there you oh, go. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, back to not dead yet. Yes, I'm a fan. To answer your question as, as briefly as possible, which is too late now, I watched that show because of Gina Rodriguez. That's why I watched Jane the Virgin. Huh. Okay. So we'll we'll get to your thoughts in in a minute. Um, yeah. For for people who haven't watched the the premise that you thought was dumb and which is definitely silly, um, is that Gina Rodriguez plays a journalist who had a burgeoning career at a small local newspaper and then left to go to London and do nothing with a guy and apparently didn't work and returned five years <laughs> later after a breakup. And the only job she could get was writing obituaries for this newspaper. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the yeah. what makes sense about the plot. Nothing, uh, nothing really. And and the, and, the, and it just so happens that like all her ex workers from her previous job are there. They all. Hey, look, it is a bustling newsroom that she moved into where they are actually hiring senior type people for jobs. In a actual community <laughs> newspaper in 2023, right? And it's I also weird. Emphasize- I'm sorry. It's also weird, Dan, that I that I watch this a day and a half or two days after I saw Ace in the Hole on the big screen. So I just wanted to mention <laughs> so, this. Anyway. The treatment of contemporary journalism and newsroom culture was to me somehow even less realistic than the fact that the entire premise of the show is that she doesn't want to write obituaries and then the dead people start showing up and helping her write their obituaries. Right. Um, right. Which happens. Now, I don't know. Is there an explanation? Because, you know, this, of course, r- you know, reminds me of stuff that I like, like, you know, uh, uh, like, for instance, uh, uh, Zoe's, uh, uh, you know, Extraordinary Playlist. But, but at least she was in an MRI machine and something happened. And then suddenly, because of that weird thing, she can hear people, everybody sings their thoughts. Okay. What happened? I don't even remember what happens in not. Does something happen to her where she, now dead no. people come back? It's just no. that she's writing obits. That's why they come back. Exactly. There, okay. there is All no. Right. There is no within the show instigating event. Okay. Right. That's what I thought. Episodes. I thought maybe I missed an MRI machine scene. I don't know. I, I don't no. Know. It is okay. it. it <laughs> 
it, there's no there's no that there's no her falling down the steps and bumping her head which yes. is basically what happens in in cbs's ghosts that allow right. that main character to see ghosts right uh, right it, it is just a thing that she does it, to some degree a little bit later it is explained uh but only to some degree it's it's really not very uh but anyway as you mentioned her her friends from back when she worked at the paper are all still there including new girl co-star uh hannah simone who plays the lifestyle editor of the paper uh joshua banday who plays her editor um and then lauren ash from superstore who plays the person who's running the paper she's the owner of the paper's daughter and she's very spoiled or something to that effect uh, and basically, the show initially is structured as a every week she's going to write an obituary because also she has a job that allows her to take multiple days to write <laughs> <Right>. obituaries for <laughs> local nobodies who died. Right. Um, I, there, there are there are logical problems to it. Um, and many. Uh, so so anyway, I, I, I get the feeling that you were a huge fan of the two episodes you watched. Well, I have to say this, and as much as we were, were ripping it, I actually laughed and, and found it uh, charming because of her. I really huh. like her a lot, and apparently I like her enough to watch this kind of crap uh, because I was, I, I was charmed enough to watch the second episode, you know what I mean? Uh, and I'll probably watch it again this week. I... Uh, and it's basically because of her and some of the some of the byplay between the two, you know, between the the her and her and her co-stars. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, Martin Martin Mull was a one-off. He's not going to be on it again. And I, I noticed someone with the last name Mull in the credits. Is that a is that a relation to Martin Mull? Like a I, w- I would assume. I I think I noticed the same thing. I would assume it was a child. But yeah, that uh... would be my guess. That would be my guess. Yeah. But uh, um, a I would tell you. Just as a tease, that you might see Martin Mulligan oh. in the future, maybe. Okay, okay. Just, well then, just clearly out there. Clearly, that Mull did uh, have a relation with Martin. That uh, but guess. but also, yeah. So for the first few episodes, it is it is kind of a guest star ghost of the week. It's uh, Mo Collins was the guest yeah, yeah. star in the second episode. Brittany yeah. Snow is the guest star in the next episode, playing a social media influencer who dies under funny tragic circumstances etc um i thought the first three episodes were pretty brutally bad uh but then the end of the fourth episode and again i don't know if this is gonna be good or bad if you actually were somewhat tolerant of the show up to that it kind of becomes a different show and the fifth episode is so tonally different from the first three it, it tries to take a lot of the things that are happening to her seriously. And so we've been joking, uh-huh. okay, it's ridiculous that all of yeah. this is happening and that it isn't explained and that no one thought they needed to explain it. Right. Some of the things that that you maybe want to have explained are explained in the fifth oh, episode, kind okay. of. Okay. Um, okay. I, I would say it is bordering on a different show and that show probably should have been a 42 minute, you know, hour long broadcast, uh, hybrid type show. I think that is, Mm. is what this really should have been. I think that probably Gina Rodriguez would not have signed on to do just a broadcast sitcom. I think probably she signed on. They revamped the pilot heavily from what the original pilot was to what actually aired. Like half of the cast of the original pilot they shot 
was eliminated and they made it into more of a workplace show. Is that right? Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. she, basically, the original version of the show was more of a friends hanging out kind of show about her and her friends and their various lives, which my understanding is, is somewhat closer to the book that is the source material. Right. Uh, the book that is the source material has, I believe, none of the plot of the yeah. series. It is. Yeah. It is. It also has a great title. Story. If I, if I, uh, uh, like he wasted her life or something like that, the, uh, was the title of the book that it's based on. Uh, like, there, there's, there's also some, or something. There's uh, some swearing in it. Also. Yes. I don't. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. It is. Conf- no, it is confessions of a 40 something uh, fuck up. Right. Uh, with, right. with two asterisks like... in it. Right. I knew I liked it. I knew I liked the title of the book. And already, you know, be- that they changed everything, <laughs> everything because multiple times in the in the pilot, they announced that Gina Rodriguez's character is 37. Right. Uh, because heaven forbid she should be 40 something. Right. Uh, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I thought it was pretty bad. And then I thought that at least the next two episodes were, or the last two of the five that I've seen were interesting and trying to do something with some potential. So right. we'll see. Okay. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I liked was, it more than I, you did. I liked it more than you did. And I was, it was it carried mostly by, by her and some of the other cast members. So. And I was not going to recommend that you watch it, but since you're already watching it, you might as well keep watching yeah. it to get to the yeah. point. I mean, I'm especially now very curious about episode five now, like incredibly curious. Now. Yeah, it's it's the end but, of uh, episode four pivoting okay. into episode five become a very tonally different show. Okay, so interesting. Okay, so take that's, it as you will. Not dead yet. Um, I don't know if I recommend it. I just really like her. So <laughs> Entirely reasonable. Yes. Um, and what about the company we keep? Have you seen this yet? Have you, uh, this is, a uh, new no, show that... it is, it is in my next couple days that I need okay. to get to that because and obviously it premieres this weekend. So, because I saw the commercials for it while I was watching not dead yet. And what is, what is this now? I can remind briefly. It is, what it, is. it is the new ABC drama with Milo Ventimiglia from this is us. Right. Um, and it is based on a Korean drama and so far, that's mostly what I know about it. Uh, there you go. Because yeah. I've been holding, I've been holding off because I know that I really do have to watch it probably today, tomorrow, or the next day. Because it. really, it's coming out in a few days. Got it. Uh, so who knows? I mean, Milo Ventimiglia is—he uh, was—he was very good on This Is Us. He does, uh, does he? Do we know if he gets murdered by a crockpot in this one or no? We do not. I, okay. I do not know that yet. Okay. All right. But we will see. Okay. Um, you know, he was he was definitely some people's favorite of, of no. Rory's boyfriends no, no, on no, Gilmore no. Girls. No, I, no, no. I am with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Don't worry. I just I only brought I only brought it up because you were just professing your love right. a couple seconds ago. Right. And unlike your love for Jane the Virgin, I knew your love for Gilmore. Girls. Right. So that one. Right. Right. That I made one that one much with. more. I made that one. A, a, you know, that was a brigade that I was on was the was the Gilmore Girls uh, brigade. But yeah. So, I just, yeah, so I, co- I, I just feel like if Jane the Virgin had aired weekly on FX, we would have talked about it every yeah. every one of our visits, <laughs> and instead, uh, and instead right. we just missed out right. on all of those no, quality I, conversations. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, and and again, I watched it. I guess I, maybe I just wasn't as vocal about my love. Like, I really loved Crazy Ex Girlfriend too. Did we talk about that show? No, not much. And right. uh, but I I feel like I might have known that one. Okay. Okay. And I think, and I think, even if I hadn't known that one, I think I probably could have predicted 
that right. one. I think I think Jane the Virgin was just harder for me to. Predict. Is that right? Really? Because it kind of seems like they are cut kind of from the same cloth. Now, obviously, my love for Zoe is you know that's been stamped in forever, and clearly you could understand me liking Crazy Ex Girlfriend because I love Zoe. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, that think, makes I think basically, I think basically you you clearly have an appreciation for, and I share this also the sort of old uh, WB style. Uh-huh. Um, Yep. dramedy type thing and I think that you know because Felicity obviously fits in there yep. as well yep. so I, I think if I had thought in those terms I might have been able to predict because yeah. that is what Jane the Virgin yep. was it was basically yep. an old an old CW yeah. show exactly I mean an old right. WB show yep. uh, ditto with uh, somewhat at least uh, with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend so right. yep no, I I understand. and I also have a, a, an affinity for musical stuff I watched I, w- I watched Glee way past its expiration date like I watched Glee until it was done I'm not oh, kidding. Okay. I definitely did not. Do <laughs> oh, that. I know you I was, did. I know I'm the only one. I literally am the only person who watched. I think every episode of Glee, like until the bitter end. <laughs> but have you? But have you watched the uh, Investigation Discovery uh, documentary about the Glee curse? No, I haven't. What? I believe this is a thing that existed a couple weeks ago. I avoided it because I thought it sounded really kind of gross as hell, and I didn't want any part oh, of it. No. Uh, <laughs> What? But there, what? There was just there was a there was a a documentary about all of the bad things that have happened to oh, people associated with Glee. Oh, no. oh my God! Oh, now I have to watch it. Oh, um, sorry, my apologies. I haven't oh, watched it, so I can't vouch for okay. it. And I'm I'm right. trying to steer you away, but I know no, I have no I such have power. To, no, I have to watch it now. I, I God damn it! Now I have to watch it. Okay. All right. Well. Um. All right. Well. Thank you. Let me at least see if I can find out what it's uh... (laughs) where I have to seek it out now and watch this horrible thing about all the horrible things that happened to the people and some really shitty stuff happened to the people on Glee. That is the point. Yes, it is. It is the price of Glee. It was on ID Network, which is Investigation Discovery, a three part documentary series called The Price of Glee. It's three parts. It is. It is three parts. I mean, there's, there's there's a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, and the, oh, there's a no. lot of bad stuff that they have to exploit. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh shit! And I'm gonna watch it too. That's just so bad of me. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, can we talk about the return of American Otter really quickly? We can. I haven't watched the second episode yet, but we it's can. It's uh, really. Definitely... It's so goddamn funny. The show. I think the show's hilarious. Um, I really do. I and and the last episode, which you have not watched yet. Uh, the Andy Richter episode. Oh, okay. It's gr- and I'm not blowing it for you because he shows up pretty early in, and uh, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious, and I love Anna Gasteyer, and I love this part for her. Um, I it was it's so good that I didn't hate Jimmy Fallon in the first episode of this season. Uh, <laughs> that's how good the show. That's how good the show was. Or not Jimmy Fallon. It was Seth Meyers. So I, so I was happy about Seth Meyers. Peter. I was going to say, you, yeah. no, no, one, no one dislikes Seth Meyers. Everyone no, everybody loves, loves Seth, Seth Meyers. Meyers. But he's very funny on it. And, uh, you know, even though this person would not get the slot, that person would not get the, the guest slot that she did on, on Seth Meyers in a million years. But, you know. But anyway. And what was Jimmy Fallon on recently that I just watched? That, uh, that I, oh, my God, I can't remember what it was. But he was just on something that I, I guess yeah, I didn't hate. Yeah. And I, I feel like I feel like I remember seeing it also. Yeah. And so okay. Well, anyway, unfortunately Ar- for me, that could mean literally anything. <laughs> That's so, true. That's true. <laughs> you you have to watch a lot more Jimmy Fallon than I do. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on American Auto? I I like it very much. It's uh it's a show that sort of got. I didn't really get lost because it got renewed. So obviously, yeah. it, it. But there were 
there were, as as we've discussed, there were a lot of really good single cam comedies that premiered last season. Um, mm-hmm. the, the world knows your feelings about Welcome to Flatch. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure it's done. I know that that season finale is going to be the series finale. I'm aware of that. One never knows. But there yep. was also the very good Abbott Elementary, which I which I yep. like an awful lot. Uh, yep. Then there was American Auto, which I like a lot. And then there was uh, also an NBC Grand Crew. Uh, which I think is a at times an extremely funny show, and right. and then there was also Ghosts, which right. mentioned earlier in this podcast. So that's like five new broadcast sitcoms right. from right. last season that were all comfortably above average. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yay. Um, but yes, I, so I I kind of put most of those in the same category, and. I, I, I'm not fully caught up on Grand Crew. I kind of hit and miss on it. Um, I've stopped watching Welcome to Flatch, but I I know that I I know one person who loves it, so that's all that matters. Uh, Abbott yeah. Elementary, I watch every week. Right. Uh, Ghosts, I'm a handful of episodes behind, but I watch it regularly. Yep. So yep. already, that's that's more than your typical year is. gives me to watch. It, no, so. it is, and there's a, some. I, I don't know why you, know, you mentioned all of these, and I, these have been going through my brain. They're sort of like I don't know. For me, it seems like there's a renaissance for broadcast sitcoms now. <laughs> there was there was a there was a good year. There absolutely was. On yeah. the other hand, so far for the most part, it hasn't carried over into into this year. So right. the, okay. the few new sitcoms that have been this year, for the most part, yeah. have not been good. So. Yeah, that Lopez versus Lopez. Oh boy. Lopez versus Lopez was not very good. Uh, we just talked about uh, not dead yet, so yeah. so not as not as much right. for some reason. So yeah. well. who knows? And and other than I guess honestly, Abbott and Ghosts were both large hits by broadcast standards. So right. yeah, though some people seem to be very happy with the nostalgic comfort of the return of Night Court, which also is doing very well. Oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So there's that. Okay. Uh, really quickly, um, because we're, we're out of time here, but I wanted to mention that you did review the new Bill Russell uh, documentary on Netflix, um, which you liked but didn't love. Tends to be the way I tend to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I tend to I tend to like things with a but clause afterwards. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, that's... And uh, and and you also reviewed um, uh, Kunk on Earth. Um, which is uh, also on Netflix, which is hilarious. Okay, I was, that was that I was going to ask because I oh, no. I would have been pretty confident it's that you would have liked. Conqueror, absolutely so. terrific! Uh, it's absolutely terrific, and people haven't watched it. You should. It's really a great mockumentary and really clever and very funny. And I, people have been I, much given given that Netflix did not promote it at all, and that I had to beg for screeners for it really? to review it. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's an acquisition and it had already premiered in the UK and sometimes Netflix doesn't get excited about things where it's where they have no skin in the game basically. I right. really like Kunk on Earth. Um I think I think it's just hilarious. And so, I do too. I'm with you. you. Know, everyone and, uh, should watch Kunk on Earth. Tell everybody about the podcast, the latest episodes, and all Oops. that stuff, and where they can uh, sure. see it. Um, absolutely. Uh, the podcast is TV's Top 5 Podcast. I host it with Leslie Goldberg, my colleague at The Hollywood Reporter. It comes out every Friday. Um, we celebrated our 200th episode two weeks ago uh, with the head of NBC Universal content, uh, Susan Rovner, who talked about all manner of things, talked about Peacock and NBC and stuff like that. Uh, last week we had the uh, Sarah Go- uh, Gamble, who's the showrunner of You on Netflix. So if mm, people are yep. You fans, they should yep. check that out. 
Um, and yeah, it comes out every Friday, covers the industry, covers uh, the big showrunners. We tend to do a weekly 30 to 45 minute interview, and then I tend to do reviews at the end of the podcast. So there it's TV's Top 5. TV's Top 5, and you can find all of that at uh, The Fine Print, F-I-E-N, fineprint.com, and also uh, all of your stuff that you write at The Hollywood Reporter. And you join us every other week. Next time we'll talk about um, whether or not uh, Milo gets killed by a crockpot. I will definitely have the answer to that. Okay, great. Okay, Dan, thanks, buddy. Till the next time. All right, see you later. Dan Feinberg, everybody, talking TV. And it is uh, uh, anti-Valentine's Day, so let's jump right into that with my buddy Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda, yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esma, I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon, yeah. Esmeralda, yeah. Esmeralda. 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 Yeah. Esmeralda. 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 Hi, Esmeralda. 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 Are you there, Esmeralda? Yes. Oh, hi. <laughs> Are you there? Hi. Hi. I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, because there's I, I I didn't hear you right away, and I thought maybe there was a problem, but uh, but we're here. Okay, so um, it is. Uh, it's today is this day. Today is uh, this. Love stinks. Love stinks. Love stinks. Love stinks. That's right. Or this. Yeah. So as you know, Esmeralda, uh, for twenty-two years. I would do an annual anti-Valentine's Day show um, mm-hmm. over, over at, the, uh, at the car wash. And it became a very popular thing. People were like, yes, uh, well, we hate Valentine's Day too. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't just like an act for me because I've always hated it. Uh, I've always hated it at Valentine's Day. And I want to get your thoughts on it, obviously. We've talked about this in the past. Um, even when I was in a good relationship that was working at the time, even when I was married, mm-hmm. Uh, I've always been anti-Valentine's Day. I think it's bullshit. I think it's like, as you know, many people have said, it's like sort of a made-up holiday in order to sell things and candy and flowers and cards and shit like that. And oh, I yeah. also, and I also think that it makes people who are single feel like shit. Um, and also, oh, of course. And also, people who are in relationships suddenly have to feel romantic on that day. Like, what if you had a really shitty day? You know. So, uh, where do you stand on Valentine's Day? Are you are you one to to, to celebrate it at all? Um, we don't celebrate whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I actually, honestly, in most of my relationships, it was never a thing. Um, we're kind of on the same idea that yeah, it's uh, it's a thing that we don't we we like to think of celebrating every day of the year. Right. Rather than just throw it all on one day. Um, and then also just the fact that, like, if you do want to do something nice, everything is probably overpriced because right. of what the day is. Right. Right. So yeah. it's not even it's it's just it isn't fair in, in any aspect. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. And you and I you and I have often we've talked about this in the past. And I, I just think it's like and I also I mean, one of the one of the things that really bugs me is that, like, when people 
uh, I mean, even if you're in a relationship, it's like suddenly today's the day you're supposed to be romantic. Well, what was wrong with like uh, four weeks mm-hmm. ago on, on a Thursday? What was wrong with that? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, um, but now suddenly you have to like, you know, like, like, uh, like, like, let's say today, you know, you go out and uh, and do some things and, and shitty stuff happens to you. And then suddenly you have to come home and be mm-hmm. all romantic. Like, oh, because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just this and then, made up holiday told me I have to be romantic. Yeah, you have to be romantic today. And you got all you got to be all lovey dovey. Well, what if I don't feel like being lovey dovey today? Everybody has off days. And what if I felt like being lovey dovey a week from today? Does that mean that that doesn't count because it's not Valentine's Day? And yeah, true. And and also, like I said, for people who are single or people who are going through a breakup, it's horrible because it's like. Everybody's like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. And then there's all that bullshit, too. It's like everybody can be have a val- everybody can have a Valentine's Day, you know? Um, oh, like, um, like Galentine's Day. Right. Which, by the way, <laughs> has been completely misinterpreted um, because that was a joke on Parks and Rec. Um, it was it, that. And now it's become a real thing. This yeah. this began as a joke that the writers came up with on Parks and Rec because of how ridiculous Leslie Nope is. And she came up with this like it's Galentine's Day and they made fun of it on the show it was a joke, you know what I mean? Mhm. It was looked at like oh my god Leslie Nope is an idiot and this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, but leave it to the public to misinterpret a piece of satire making fun of a made up holiday and turn it into an actual thing. So now yesterday February 13th was Galentine's Day. And I'm sure that my... Oh, you know, I didn't know it was a different day. Oh, no. Now it's Valentine. Galentine's Day is now the 13th. Interesting. I just Even, thought it was, you know, what you call it if you're just with your yeah. friends. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's what the idea was in Parks and Rec. But again, mm-hmm. it was mocked. Like the people who wrote that episode... It was written to, pr- to, to, to further advance the fact that Leslie Nope is a dork. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, <laughs> and so, but suddenly leave it to the public and everybody to suddenly like embrace it. Like it's really like, here's an extra way that we can now make, you know, sell more cards and more things. Let's make Galentine's Day, which was an, a, set, a satiric joke of a holiday on a TV show. Let's turn that into something real. <laughs> so it continues. But yeah. Oh, of course. But yeah, it's just it's uh, I don't know. I don't. Anyway, so we have like a, a, I have a lot of like breakup stories and we've got um, some songs, of course. I mean, this is this is this is one of the legendary, you know. I think that's the one that you get kind of the go to one. That's the I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that sums it all up, right? I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Love stinks. Exactly. Pretty uh, straightforward there. That's right. Now, my dad will be stopping by to tell a joke, even though I do- it doesn't have anything to do with love, uh, which is good. Uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. You see that? Now, that's the only oh. love that that's the only love allowed today is 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 uh, is <laughs> Carrie's love of your show. That's right, Carrie's love of my show. Hi, that's I'm it. Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. All right, now, is thanks. she? Uh, does she have a sign? Did she? She has wear a sign. Anything? She has a sign that says Valentine's Day sucks. That's what Carrie was wearing. Oh. So, so she look at her. Yeah, she and then she would. <laughs> that's right. So there you go. Um, but anyway, so uh, I do have a, a magic megaphone. Mm. As you know, uh, we have the magic megaphone message. If indeed you would like me to say anything into the magic megaphone that you want me to say, I'm a monkey. I'll say it. 
uh, inside joke, a message to someone, a proposal of some kind, a breakup, you know, considering what today's yeah. show is about. And you don't, as much as uh, we would like you to, you don't have to explain it. Right. <laughs> you could no, that's literally true. If you, if do you that inside mystery, joke and just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to keep it a mystery? That's fine. You can do it via email. Say, hey, I want to hear this, you know, through the magic megaphone. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Get your request in now. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave it as a voicemail at 773-417-6948. And we have a magic microphone. And by the way, we'll be giving away an autographed magic microphone at our next Zany's Live event. Esmeralda, you will be on a a beach getting a tan. I will be on a beach. (laughs) And Amy Guth will be sitting in. And uh, John DeCoste will be our guest. It's at Zany's in Rosemont a week from tonight, Tuesday, February 21st at 730. Get your tickets now. Um, and we'll be giving away a magic megaphone uh, to uh, to to a lucky winner, uh, along with uh, gift gift certificates from the greatest restaurant on the planet, the Gale Street Inn. I just got those this nice. weekend. Uh, nice. But are you ready for this this uh, magic megaphone message? That's actually timely for today. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Let me hold on. Oh, hold it. Sorry, I just picked up the thing. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> I dislike Valentine's Day intensely. I dislike Valentine's Day intensely. Yeah. I dislike Valentine's Day intensely. Right. So I dislike All right. Valentine's Day. Now that oddly that wasn't me. That wasn't a message from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't email yourself? I did not email myself <laughs> at nickdpodcast@gmail.com with a megaphone message. Um no, this was Terry who's been married for 26 years and very happy. Oh good. Um, but she dislikes Valentine's Day intensely for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, many uh, agrees with us on many of the things that we say about it and uh, got her request in. Now, I, I actually, you know, normally I've been doing these in the order in which I got them. But since today is the Valentine's Day, anti-Valentine's Day show. Right. I put hers in the front. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun on a couple of people who have the requests in. But this was timely considering today is anti-Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. I thought that I thought that this, you know. I dislike Valentine's Day. Would be appropriate for the I for the show. Valentine's Day. Intensely. That's right. So, all right, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so thank you, Terry, for the timely megaphone message. Um, do you have any like breakup stories? Do you have any like like breakup stories from your past? Um, and we've talked about some of the some of the shitty uh, relationships that you've had in the past and some of yeah. you know mine as well but are there is there anything that kind of on this anti-valentine's day spectacular are there is there any one or two stories that uh, that stick out um i mean the one that sticks out the most and forever will is the the one guy who um essentially just ghosted me completely like mid sentence you could say um i was wait wait mid sentence yeah, pretty much. I was seeing him. Uh, I mean, we weren't dating. I don't know what we were doing. Um, but I remember I was actually, I was at the car wash. And I was um, finishing up my shift. It was Christmas Day. And I had messaged him. I was like, hey, what are you up to? Because I think he wasn't doing anything either with family or whatever. And yeah. it was Christmas night. It's like it's practically the next day. Um, and I was like, do you want to go see a movie? I think there's, there's still a movie we could go see. And he said, yes. And then I think I asked what movie and never heard from him again. Okay, wait. (laughs) 
I remember you telling me this story. I just want to get the facts straight here. So you said, would you like to see a movie and then, like, never heard from him again ever? Not that, not just that night, but ever. Ever. Isn't that insane? How I mean, did, he was, I, he was pretty, you, like, a, a weirdo. He told me once that he had gone to see a friend once in, on the West Coast, got off the plane, got to their house, and then something, I don't know, just didn't bother him or something bothered him and he didn't knock on the door and he just left wow okay (laughs) so you know knowing that story i'm not that surprised yeah well that this happened (laughs) so okay I, i okay so um did you ever see him after that no no, that's it. I've never so, seen him again. That's unbelievable. And yeah. you, you tried to get back, like you texted oh, yeah. him. And, yeah. I sent him a lot of angry voicemails and text messages. <laughs> okay. And and how long were you seeing? And you said it was like you, you know, like you were kind of seeing each other, whatever. Yeah, again, that's it all. Was that's a whatever all. casual thing. But still, yeah. like, why would you say yes to go see a movie then? <laughs> right. And how long have you had you had this casual thing been going on? How Probably long? Probably like been? a month or two, maybe. Okay, well that's Something still like that. You can't just not. Oh my god! Right? It was yeah. It was ridiculous. And so this was a guy. Where'd you meet this guy? Uh, online, on oh, one no. of the dating things. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, was he from uh, the area? From Chicago? He was. He was. He actually has a famous chef uncle <laughs> um you know honestly really? i couldn't tell you this man's name <laughs> I don't <Okay>. remember it <laughs> okay all right i have literally i just remember that i remember him telling me that okay um well, that he had a famous the, chef as a so the last chef. so the last time i remember seeing anything about him i found him on a i found him on one of the dating apps he was in california oh okay <laughs> did he finally knock on that person's door was that uh, what happened I don't know. I think I'll go back and knock on that person's door after. Such uh, a weirdo. Like, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. (laughs) You know, I I remember when we first, like, met and started hanging out and you were doing uh, my show, Mm -hmm. that you were dating a dick at that time, if I remember correctly, Um, or something. There was some sort of dick thing happened. Yeah, there was another guy who, again, they're never, like, date dating. Yeah. So I was just, like, casually seeing them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was this, it was a similar, not a similar situation where he just stopped talking to me. Um, but it was something like there was somebody else and then, but he, he did it in a really, like he essentially ended it in a really shitty way. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. And then when you first, when you met Colin, I, I remember being very protective. I was like, I be- <laughs> this guy better not be a dick. Cause you, it, it had ha- like when we, when we first started hanging out and doing the show and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were going up and down with idiots. You know what I mean? Like I remember you were having like you were having trouble with dicks, and and I was like, "Fuck these people, man!" You know. And then like yeah. when you when you met Colin, I was like, "I I don't think it, I'm going to have to approve now." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I met him, and I knew him, and I know him, and I of course I approved. How long have you guys been together now? Yeah. You and Colin? Uh, seven years. Jesus Christ! Has it really been seven years? I think. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of the I think it might be eight. Yeah, it'll be eight this year. 
This is one of the many reasons I love you is because you absolutely have you don't know. You're like, ah, seven? Well, because it, it was always, it's like a weird area where we met, like, time-wise. Yeah. Because it was October when we met, end of October. But then, like, when do you yeah. start counting? I gotcha, yeah. And then also, like, October is such a... Because you can't count the whole year, but there is some months there. Right. So it's always, like, weird. Yeah. So unless, like, it's the actual month, I'm not really... I understand. Yeah. But I just love I just the fact that, that there's, like... it's a, been a while. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people, and I don't want to be... I don't want to generalize women in, in specifically, but a lot of people, and a lot of women, are like, oh, yes, it was July 8th, 1997 we got together. You know what I mean? Like, they'll know the exact date. Oh, yeah. But you're like, eh, I don't know, eight, nine years? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, we're still here. Right. That's all that counts. <laughs> like, shit's still, the shit's still working. It's not blown up in our face yet. So uh, here's a quick, I got a couple of quick uh, stories. Now, and I want to get into some of your favorite uh, anti-Valentine's Day songs and, and movies and stuff. Um, but here's a story, an actual story. These were, these, I found some of these online. A couple of them came from listeners, and I won't say which ones are which, okay? Mm-hmm. My fiance and I lived together and had our location shared with each other on our iPhones. Oh, this is, this is, I can see this being a problem already. I was at work one day, and when I went on my lunch, I noticed he had stopped sharing his locations with me. Mm-hmm. I, kept, I kept calling for him to finally tell me, and a few hours later, uh, he couldn't do this anymore. He said he couldn't do this anymore and didn't know how to leave. So he just packed his <laughs> shit and left while I was at work. And then cut me off from his location on his phone. I just like didn't know how to leave. Didn't know how to end this. It's right. kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. So just to, it's not boy, hard. technology. Technology has made it really. Uh, e- have you ever been broken up via text, Esmeralda? Well, technically, yes. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, technically, yes. He ghosted you. Oh, and then the other one too. The, the one I did. <laughs> the other one was a was a text as well. I say it was a text. Yeah. I was broken up with. I was broken up with uh, on, I don't know, if, I mean, this was years ago, but I was broken <laughs> up with uh, on an answering machine. So See, that's even, that's a, a little more, that's a little better only because you hear a voice. Yeah. But still, I mean, now, because like the, with the technology, like I said, it's so much easier to like, like uh, you can ghost somebody, you can like, you know, disconnect with them on the phone, blah, 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 or yeah. text them and that's it. But And then if you don't, if you don't interact with them outside of just that dating yeah. you will never see them again <laughs> absolutely it's true we just got a nice <laughs> yeah no but the, the girl that that dumped me over the phone we had dated for a year Ooh. um and she dumped me uh on the voice on the voice you know on my voice messages uh not yeah. even voice messages on a fucking answering machine you know with a tape that's how long I think ago according, it was what is it according to seinfeld that's not you can't do that right that's right, because that's why George kept avoiding the girl, because he kept answering the answering machine. Yeah. Well, it's got to be, and it should be in person. It sucks if it's over the phone. It's unforgivable if it's an unanswering machine. This was back right. in the day before technology. <laughs> so I called her, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you know? And then uh, we had a conversation. She technically broke up with me over the phone, but she did it first, like, hoping she could just leave a message on my machine. Right, because you didn't have to call. No, but I did. I was like, right. "What the fuck? Are you kidding me?" You know, and this so was- that's really not break. That's more like reinforcing the breakup. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, the the old, but but technology now it's like again, so, so, like that. What that dick did to you? Just like not. No, yeah, let's go see a movie. And then boom, gone. <laughs> just, 
I'm still, it still gets me that he said yes to see a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you say yes? Do you remember what movie you were going to see? No. Uh, no. I no? think because we, there's so many to choose. There's it was a Christmas few to choose time. From, yeah, so, it was Christmas yeah. time. There's a lot of movies out of Christmas time. I yeah. think that's what, like, the next questions were. Like, what did you want to go see? <laughs> <laughs> wow! And okay. Nothing. Nothing. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. How about this one, Esmeralda? I had a guy I was dating uh, for a little while tell me that he had terminal cancer and he couldn't see me anymore because he didn't have much time left. And then she says, "I didn't believe him, um, but he did seem to vanish off the face of the earth, uh, and it, may- it did make me wonder." That is until a few years later, I bumped into him uh, while I was on a date with my husband. So, so he did not have terminal cancer. Well, maybe he made it. Maybe he did. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't say anything here. the this, the The story does not say anything about whether they talked or whether anything like that. Right. But I think it it is the assumption is that the guy never had cancer and he was just being a dick. Yikes! That's yeah. um of all the excuses. Oh, horrible! That one's a lot. Yeah. Like really, cancer? You're going to give the cancer one? Like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't. I can't see you anymore. I have cancer. It's have like cancer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's like, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. So you ever have any, like, what did you know, I know that you've had some bad dates, too. Is there a specific one that sticks out? Like, oh, man, this guy. Um, Oh, the one that uh, my, one of my favorites is uh, I met him again on a, well, not on a holiday, but it was a Sunday. Uh, And we met up. We'd never, we'd been talking and stuff, and I was like, let's go get a drink. Um, so we met up uh, at the Holiday Club, which is over at Irving Park in like, yep. Sheridan. Yep. Um, so we were there, and my first, well, the, one of the first things that clued me in that I was like, oh, this is no good. He ordered a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> and he's a grown, he was a grown man, like, in his late 20s, early 30s. So this isn't like some <laughs> right. like college kid. <laughs> right, right. Um, that's where I was like, mm, okay, well, hmm. <laughs> uh, and then he proceeded to, um, we were talking and stuff and it was fine. And I, I didn't really think too much of it when it was happening. He was doing voices of like um, his mother and his sister and whatever. And whatever, you do that when you have a conversation. Like when he's telling a story, he was telling a story, but he was providing yeah. voices. Yeah, okay. Um, so he was doing that, but then he also did like some other voices. I think he had done Mick Jagger. Okay. For some reason. I can't remember why exactly, but he'd done it. And I'm like, oh, huh, huh. and then, um, <laughs> so we decide to leave because they were closing. So like, we decide to go over to, there's a 4am, like really close. We're like, yeah, Nick's. let's go over there. Nick's. Um, yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uptown. No. Uptown oh, up, oh, you went to the Uptown. Okay, okay, yeah. And right. they I had know, karaoke. Know, uh, yep. Oh, right. Okay, right. Okay. They had karaoke that night, and he, like, was gung-ho. And I'm like, I usually like karaoke, but I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. You go ahead. Uh, he <laughs> he then proceeds to just essentially leave me at the bar and just go do karaoke. Like, oh. to the point where, like, he did a, so he did a Rolling Stones song, and then he proceeds to then do, like, the chicken dance Oh man! That Mick Jagger does and all that stuff, and he's do he's really doing the Mick Jagger. Oh, oh god, it was quite embarrassing. At so, a certain point, like he had not come back for a while, like he was still doing karaoke, like he kept just staying up there, and I'm like, oh okay. So I was just like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'll see you later. 
And then he actually invited me back to his his house, and I was like, no, no. Why would I go? Wow. Wow. It's like, no, dude. Okay. All right. Uh, where'd you meet this guy? Oh, uh, I was online. Online. Man, yeah. I, I, these yeah. are stories. Dating apps are not fun. I was just going to say, these are these are so many testimonials against online dating. Uh, yeah. Or, you know? Because yeah. you didn't meet well, Colin online. because you don't online. know anything. You, you're talking to them and stuff, but, like, you're just talking to them. They're just yeah. words. Right. You can't really tell. I mean, you could call them, I guess, or FaceTime or whatever, but um, usually you just text. And, you know, you don't, you can't really get an idea of a person that sure. much from a text yeah. message. So I've, you know, I've never, go. I've never, ever met anybody through an app or through computer or online or anything. Ever. Never. Um. Yeah, I just can't see it. I can't see it being a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just don't. I just it. It like every time, like people are because when I was, you know, like I've been I've been single for a long time, and um, and never had any interest in getting back into that game. And then mm-hmm. you know, whenever I would kind of show interest, like oh, you know, that would be kind of nice to hang out with somebody or go out on a date or you know whatever that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but for me, I never used it. The thing was that like <laughs> I met a lot of women. Uh, in in bars, that was that was kind of. I mean, that's the old. That's the that's the way you used to do it. Yeah, I mean, not like I wouldn't go to like pickup places or clubs or shit. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. that wasn't my thing. Like, I didn't go to. Let's go off to the club, man. I'll meet a hot chick. I would just be at the bar getting drunk, and there'd be another woman, <laughs> and we'd start talking, and that's how. Or she was a regular. You know what I mean? At yeah. the bar. Yeah. That was how I met. I did not. You know, I never did the. I've never done the 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 online thing. Cause I couldn't, I could, I can't imagine just like, like you're saying, like just texting back and forth with someone like it could be anybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could yeah. be anybody. And then also just the text, it, it, uh, is easy for you to just poof magically disappear. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, oh, it's weird. Technology ruins everything. Doesn't it? <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. All right. I got some, we got some songs here, uh, uh here that, uh, from, uh, this is from time out. They put mm-hmm. together a list of the 55 best breakup songs. Um, and so I thought we'd go through some of these breakup songs uh, here on, uh, on the Anti-Valentine's Day. Let me just do this real quick. That's right. Classic by Nazareth. Goddamn Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you worked, at the, you worked <laughs> at, at, the, at the Loop for a while, right? Yeah, I don't know if they really played Nazareth too much. Okay, because I was when I say was that... there, they were kind of veering towards um, more like eighties. Yeah, and then and then more like hard rock. This was well, Na- Nazareth. Except for that song, Nazareth was hard rock. Um, but that, that was an uncharacteristic. That's like that that song by Extreme. You know, the more than words. You know that goddamn song. Mm-hmm. That's not typical of Extreme. Right at, at all. I remember I was dating a girl when that song came out, and and and, and I knew the guy who uh, one of the guys that was like one of the managers of the of the Riviera was one of the co-owners of Ginger's Ale House at that time. Mm-hmm. And I bartended there and hung out there, and that was the place where I was getting drunk. And oddly, I met the girl at that bar. That's the girl oh, I met her at the bar. Look at that. And we went to see Extreme because she's like, "Oh, I love that song." And we get there, and I don't know if you are familiar with extremes discography or their style uh not outside of more than words okay well they are like 
uh, a pretty much like a, a very, very loud speed metal band that's known for a blisteringly fast lead guitarist. <laughs> uh, and so More Than Words is very uncharacteristic. You know what I mean? So we mm-hmm. go there, and we're about five songs into the set. She's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I'm, I told you. I told you. They're called Extreme. There's a reason why the, <laughs> the band is called Extreme. But yeah, so I remember seeing that uh, being that. But, but yeah, um, that song is not indicative of the, of the rest of the, uh, of the catalog, we, you know, which is always a little misleading. You know, of course, yeah, so. that's their hit, and then they're that's that gets you in, but yeah. then you know, it could go the way of yeah. how she that's like how that's, she reacted. That's right, that's like Love Hurts. Love Hurts is this sort of great power rock 70s ballad, and then you listen to the rest of Nazareth, and now you're messing with a, a son of a bitch. That was their that was their, their big, right, <clears throat> and a lot so. of people who think of Love Hurts aren't thinking of that song. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Like, yeah, that's not the song uh, that they're thinking of. There's like, that's we want Nazareth. more love hurts. We want more love hurts. So, all right. Uh, any of these songs here? What are some of the ones that uh, we wanted to just throw out some titles here of some great breakup? I mean, immediately, this is one of the first songs I thought of when I thought best breakup songs is I yeah. Rather Go Blind by Etta James. Yeah. Whoo, that song. That song got me through. <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> yes, I, w- I was for a time period. I was listening to a lot of uh, sad songs. <laughs> yeah, well, we and all do is, that, right? This one was, yeah, yeah. We I all have do a, that. on my Spotify. I have a sad girl, sad girl song. What's list on it? Or something? Okay, that, tell me, tell me what's on um, your what's on your list for anti Valentine's. I think James song is on there. Yeah, I'd rather go blind by Etta James. Yes. Um, let me see what else is on <laughs> okay. there. I didn't make the playlist. Oh, it, it just kind was, of it was spot made for you by Spotify, right? Okay. No, like someone made it. Oh, someone made it for you. I think. Oh, okay. Someone made it at some point, and I and, found it, and I was like, "Yes, this." Okay. <laughs> okay. This helps me. Um. Oh, here it is. It's a lot of yeah, like sad girl songs. Um. There's apparently some Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Regina Spector. Um, let's see. I feel like they've added to it since I've listened to it. Yeah. Uh, there's Grimes. <laughs> okay. See ya. All right. Uh, a lot of Sia. A lot of Sia and a lot of Lana Del Rey. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> Which makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I was, the, uh, there was always the, I, uh, when, uh, Leslie Presley broke up with me. Yes. Uh, uh, Octung Baby was huge on the charts at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I would get drunk and listen to one over and over Oof. and over again. And that to me is one of the, I mean, most heartbreak Because that song can be interpreted in 80 million different ways. Mm-hmm. But I look at one by U2, the, the song one by U2, not one by yeah, uh, Metallica, one by U2. Um, and I look at that, <laughs> I look at it as a breakup song. I think it's a breakup song, but a lot of people, and, and, and Bono is very mysterious about what it's about, but some people look at it as an uplifting song. Some people look at it as a different way. Um, and I believe that's why there were three separate videos for one, mm-hmm. uh, one of which was kind of goofy and one was kind of, uh, enigmatic. And one was, uh, Bono sitting at a bar surrounded by a bunch of empty bottles of Heineken smoking cigarettes and being very upset and singing the song. <laughs> and that's the video that I choose as the correct interpretation. So to me, one is a big one. Uh, 
Tail Lights Fade is my favorite breakup song. That's by Buffalo Tom, my buddies uh, uh, out of Boston. Tail Lights Fade is my is like the ultimate um, like breakup song. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other ones that are on this list, uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Now, here's the thing about that about that song. Uh, that's that's first of all, it's a, it's it's a it's a Dolly Parton song. That's first mm-hmm. and foremost that people need to really understand that. And that song wasn't written about a relationship that Dolly Parton had. It was about a songwriting partnership that she broke up with. So the song technically is not about a love a lovey dovey relationship going bad. It's about like mm-hmm. a songwriting partnership that she wanted to move on from the songwriter and then wrote a song to him about. I'm always going to love you. We always have these other songs together. But it wasn't really a romantic breakup song. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, anything else on this on this list? Um, I, well, again, uh, Someone Like You by Adele. Yeah, she's got about 10. Is it good? Easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love Adele. I love yeah. her. Someone Like uh, You Back by to Adele. Black by Amy Winehouse is a good one as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a that's another one. Um, did you know that my my future ex wife uh, um, Dana De Lorenzo used to do a one woman show as Amy Winehouse? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And she's fantastic. She did a fantastic job as Amy Winehouse, and, and brings it back every once in a while out in L.A. She'll bust that nice. out every once in a while. But yeah, Back to Black's a big one. Um, Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson, another big one. Uh, one of my favorite angry breakup songs is "You Ought to Know." By Alanis well, that's the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the uh, yeah. in the mid in the mid nineties, that's the deal. That was the yeah, one, right? Sounds real good. Um, I was bartending. <laughs> I was bartending at uh, pre earlier mentioned Gingers, and that mm-hmm. goddamn and that goddamn CD was on the jukebox. And I'm not a fan of Alanis Morissette um, at all, mm-hmm. and and especially then because it just did not stop getting played. Every woman who came in the goddamn bar, because we're all women in their 20s, would come in the goddamn bar and play <laughs> not just that song, but the entire album, like every yeah. fucking song oh, on that wow. record. But yeah, that. I, but you ought to know. Um, and then, I mean, obviously the joke is that it's about Dave Coulier or it could be about mm-hmm. Dave Coulier. That's like the, when people found out, I was like, wait a minute, the dude from oh, Full House inspired... Dave th- Coulier? He inspired that anger? Gross. Like just you, like the cut it out guy. Ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the 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 guy the guy from you you actually Alanis you blew the guy from from Ugh. the the guy from Full House in a theater in a movie theater. You gave him a blowjob in a movie theater. Yeah, it makes what? me like kind of like ew. Just because <laughs> he's nothing. Like no, I would never. Stamos, I can see. Oh, you I know. mean, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'd blow Stamos in a movie theater. No problem. I mean, but. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so, but, but no, but I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's gotta be like, I mean, if you're making like, like the ultimate fuck you breakup song list, that's mm-hmm. gotta be high on there, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. How about, uh, uh now this is, this is a, a legendary one. Carol King, who, who, you know, is responsible for writing, I don't know, 75 of the greatest songs <laughs> of all time. Um, and her album Tapestry, which is just mm-hmm. hit after hit after tasty fucking hit. Um, it's too late. I mean, my God, man. That's to, that might be my that might be maybe. Well, it's clearly one of my favorite breakup songs of all time is It's Too Late by Carol mm-hmm. King. Oh, man. Anything else here? I am a huge fan of 
Robin's Dancing on My Own. Uh, that okay. song to me is quite, um, it works. It works really well. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's not, um, I mean, a lot of songs, like they just not allude to breakups, but it's more of that, like, we're using our words to say, yeah. like, this is a straight just story that yeah. I can follow properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I understand. Yep. Yep, yep, I get it. Yes. <laughs> um, let me. I'm going to fly through a bunch of titles. Pain in My Heart by Otis. He's written a bunch of... Otis Redding wrote a bunch of great breakup songs. I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, which became like an anthem, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by Al Green. Tangled Up in Blue by Bob Dylan. Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye by Leonard Cohen. You could, you could also throw in uh, Hallelujah into that one. Uh, Irreplaceable by Beyonce. Um, always on my mind, uh, Willie Nelson. Well, that's also Elvis as well. Crying by Roy Orbison. Don't speak by No Doubt. And that's interesting because, like, they were dating. She was dating the dude in the band. Yeah, no, that all that music from uh, Tragic Kingdom is pretty much about him. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's interesting because, like, that's always like you know everybody's like, oh, Taylor Swift. She does. He writes all these songs about breakups and a Jake Gyllenhaal and a scarf and all mm-hmm. that bullshit. Uh, try doing that while you're in the band. And yeah. and then and then and still and, in the band, yeah. And then like, t- no, t- and, and try being in Fleetwood Mac. How about being in Fleetwood mm, Mac, where everybody fucked, everybody fucked everybody in that band, and then wrote about them, and and made them sing like like Stevie Nicks wrote songs about Lindsey Buckingham and vice versa, and they each yeah. made them sing verses. <laughs> yeah, and now yeah, now and forever, like yeah, this is how you're making your, this is how you get your money. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you know, "Landslide" is one of the greatest songs of all time, you know, and you know, like she sang that song with Lindsey Buckingham standing next to her, like God damn, you yeah. Know, everybody's talking about oh, you know Taylor Swift, get the fuck out of Taylor Swift, get into a band with Jake Gyllenhaal. When you and Jake Gyllenhaal are in a band <laughs> yeah. together, and you make Jake Gyllenhaal sing about a fucking scarf, then talk to me. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I've and and still now they they still talk about how like, oh no, yeah, I still love him and blah blah blah, and and then yeah. like I see them up on stage together, I'm like, oh lord, I know, isn't that like crazy? for that long of a time to just have that we're, and then to have to sing these songs, and, and we're can't. talking like fifty years, Esmeralda, like almost yeah. fifty years. They've been not fifty, but for like forty five years. They've been you know like together. That band was in the seventies. They got together. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Isn't that crazy? All right, let's move on to movies. Now, are there any uh, anti-Valentine's Day uh, movies that are just anti-romance for you that you think of? Um, hmm. I mean, recently, and I remember when I saw it, I, I really enjoyed it, was Promising Young Woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a great date movie right there, man. Like, oh yeah, it's like see, <laughs> look what'll happen. Right, that, that's that would be like you should you should invite a guy, you know, like if you were single, you'd like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you come over and we'll watch a movie, and then pop that thing in and watch the guy leave in fifteen minutes. Yeah, without <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, I we I'll mention it very briefly. We won't go into the whole story, but I took a girl on a first date to see Dead Ringers. That did not work out very well. <laughs> um, you don't want to take a girl on a first date to see a movie about drug addicted twin gynecologist that's not uh something you do especially if you've already that's seen not the movie. romantic no it's not i guess it's not and i and i had already seen the movie that was the the, the killer all right oh, here yeah. yeah i'm such a dick uh, i was in my 20s i was a dick Esmeralda. it was like i was a test it was like oh this girl if she likes dead ringers i'm also curious cool. like what else was out uh fall of 1988 that was yeah so i don't know i could have taken i'm just curious if there was better choices 
Oh, date date wise? Oh, of course. I mean, shit. Uh, anything would be a better choice than dead <laughs> dead ringers. I mean, rain. I could have taken her to see Rain Man. Rain Man was out at that time. I could have taken her to see Rain Man. You know, it would have been. Oh, look, Rain Man. It'll win the Oscar. You know, and instead, I take her to see a yeah. David Cronenberg movie about. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, about two twin gynecologists who think women's vaginas are abnormal, and so they make weird to- they make weird tools to you know. And then I, I think this movie's going to go over well with my date. <laughs> I still think is under her bed crying, and that was in 1988. So I don't know. Yeah. Oof. Here are some of the ones that they that they mentioned. The Lobster. Have you seen The Lobster with my boyfriend Colin Farrell? I yeah, I have seen The Lobster. That <laughs> yeah. was a good movie. Yes, yeah, it's a great movie. But but you know, if you don't find love, we're going to turn you into an animal. Is essentially what that means. I mean, they at least give you a choice. Yeah. Uh, John Tucker Must Die um, is on this list. I've never seen it, but I, I remember the when it came out. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, not, it's, yeah. Not, it's not great. Um, right. Promising Young I do, Woman. Promising I Young do Woman. like the, the storyline, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Promising Young Woman. Uh, the Love Witch, which is a weird movie that no one... Oh, here's one, Gone Girl. Gone Girl, have you seen Gone Girl? Ooh, Girl? Yes, yes. Gone Girl, I will say this, uh, one of the most accurate depictions of, of uh, marriage ever p- put in film. Oh, wow. All <laughs> that's, right. That's how I felt. After I saw Gone Girl, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what marriage is right there. <laughs> uh, 500 Days of Summer, I love this movie. I know a lot of people hate it. Um, um, I don't really remember it other than, uh, what's her face is Zoe. essentially like the manic pixie yeah. dream Zoe, girl. Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. So. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, I, I think it's great. Legally Blonde, I guess is a breakup movie. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, that's what spurs on the entire yeah. movie. She gets yeah. dumped. <laughs> First Wives Club. Um, yeah. With Bette Midler and Goldie Hawn and Diane Keaton. Fatal Attraction, a great breakup Ooh, movie right there. Yeah. Uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. She's such a bitch in that movie, Julia Roberts. Like, Yeah, I mean, is that really a breakup movie? Because they no, weren't it's dating. Just like, she's a dick. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's her being a dick. You know? Yeah, they weren't together. <laughs> um, Chicago? Well, sure, you're going to kill people at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's got to have it. Uh, Get Out. How about that one? Get Out there. How is that a well? I mean, I, I guess the they break up. It's oh, a God. it's a bad date movie, especially if you're in an interracial relationship. Yeah, like <laughs> yikes. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, let's see uh, some of the other ones here. Um, Anti Valentine's Day movies. Um, we got another one that says Fatal Attraction. War of the Roses is my favorite. Hmm. Um, War of the Roses is, is my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time, a movie that I watch on Valentine's Day. If I'm going to watch any movie, I will always choose uh, War of the Roses um, because it's brilliant. It's uh, Danny DeVito directed it. Uh, it's Michael Douglas and, uh, and Kathleen Turner, um, mm-hmm. and it's dark mm-hmm. as fuck, and they die at the end. I love War of the Roses. I showed it, I, I showed it for Valentine's Day at one of my film club things. <laughs> how did that go it did not go well <laughs> didn't, have a, didn't have a huge turnout and people were like yeah how about revolutionary road oh i mean yeah i guess they do break up. oh it's horrible and the great yeah. thing the thing i love about that movie is that and i'm not a big sam mendez guy i like a couple of his movies 
I like well the movies that I like are a horrible movie about a relationship, Re- Revolutionary Road, and a great movie about a lovely relationship, and that's a way we go. Those are my two favorites. But I love the fact that he put Jack and Rose in a movie together, and it, <laughs> yeah. like their next movie together was that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Kramer I mean, I will still Kramer. say in Revolutionary Road, my favorite character is Michael Shannon. Oh, without question. And that and that speech. That He's little, amazing. He got nominated he for that. Woo! Yeah, he got nominated that was for so it. so good. Uh, so Revolutionary <laughs> Road, uh, Shame with uh, yeah. Michael Fassbender. Although, and his... again, that's not, I mean, yeah, it's anti-Valentine's Day. It is anti-Valentine's yes, I would, Day, yeah. I would see uh, that, yes. Shame, yeah. I mean, that's it's that's like, well, I just remember seeing that movie and going, man, he's got a dick and a half, that guy does. <laughs> That's all you took away from that. It. No, You're I just, just was like, like he is, man, is he hung? I was like, God damn, good for you, Michael Fassbender. God bless you with that thing. You got to. I mean, carry that, that could also gotta... have been CGI. Yeah, uh-huh, no, that was his. <laughs> uh, Blue Valentine, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Um, I have not seen that, but oh, I hear it's oh my pretty god, rough. oh my god, Esmeralda. Uh, have I ever explained the circumstances into which I watched that movie for the first time? Um, not sure. That was when I was relegated to the bedroom and I had to coexist with my ex-wife for six months. Oh. And I watched it in the bedroom on a screener. I had a screener of it. Mm -hmm. As we were going through what we were going through, as I was waiting to move out, I watched that movie while drinking Jim Beam. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, How about Closer? Um, Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. Fucking great movie. How cool is Clive Owen in that movie? Oh. Oh, Natalie Portman. Oh, even Julia Roberts is good in that. That's how good that movie is. Julia Roberts <laughs> is good in it. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, then we have, I'm going to play a clip from one here, and it's a couple mm-hmm. of minutes long. It's a couple of minutes long. I'm just going to play it. Um, and this kind of sums it all up for me. This is how I feel about Valentine's Day. This is how I feel about, um, this is how I feel about relationships. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Marriage Story? Uh, yeah. yeah. Adam yeah. Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Right. Yes. Okay. I, this is this is going to be this is about two and a half minutes long. So we got a couple of minutes here. But I figure I want to close the discussion with this scene, which this is a scene from Marriage Story between mm-hmm. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and this pretty much sums up my thoughts on Valentine's Day, on marriage, and on relationships in general. <laughs> so here we go. You're being so much like your father. Do not compare me to my father. I didn't compare you to him. I said you were acting like him. You're exactly like your mother. Everything you're complaining about her, you're doing. You're suffocating Henry. First of all, I, I love my mother. She was a wonderful mother. Just repeating what you told me. Secondly, how dare you compare my mother to my mother? I may be like my father, but I am not like my mother. You are. And you're like my father. You're also like my mother. You're all the bad things about all of these people. But mostly your mother. When we would lie in bed together, sometimes I would look at you and see her and just feel so gross. I felt repulsed when you touched You're me. You're a slob. I made all the beds, clothes, all the cabinets. That's it. You like makes me infant. want to peel my skin off. You'll never be happy. And now lay her anywhere. You think you found some better opposite guy than me, and in a few years, you rebel against him because you need to have your voice. But you don't want a voice. You just want to fucking complain about not having a voice. I think about being married to you, and that woman is a stranger to me. I mean, we had a child's You've marriage. You've gone back to your life before you met me. It's pathetic. People used to tell me that you were too selfish to be a great artist, and I used to defend you. They were absolutely right. All your best acting is behind you. You're back to being a hack. You gaslighted me. You're a fucking villain. Oh, you want to present yourself as a victim because it's a good legal strategy? Fine. But you and I both know you chose this life. You wanted it until you didn't. You used me so you could get out of L.A. 
I didn't use you. You did, and then you blamed me for it. You always made me aware of what I was doing wrong, how I was falling short. Life with you was joyless. What, so then you had to go and fuck someone you else? You shouldn't be upset that I fucked her. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Do you love her? No, but she didn't hate me. You hated me. You hated me. You fucked somebody we worked with. You stopped having sex with me in the last year. I never cheated on you. That was cheating on me. But there's so much I could have done. I was a director in my 20s who came from nothing and was suddenly on the cover of fucking Time Out New York. I was hot shit and I wanted to fuck everybody and I didn't. And I loved you and I didn't want to lose you. But I'm in my 20s and I didn't want to lose that too and I kind of did. And you wanted so much, so fast. I didn't even want to get married. Fuck it. There's so much I didn't do. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. I can't believe I have to know you forever! Oh, you're fucking insane! And you're fucking winning! Are you kidding me? I wanted to be married. I'd already lost. You didn't love me as much as I loved you. What does that have to do with LA? What? You're so merged with your own selfishness, you don't even identify it as selfishness anymore. You're such a dick. Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead. Dead like if I could guarantee Henry would be okay. I'd hope you'd get an illness and then get hit by a car and die. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. So Wow. <laughs> see, that's why I don't understand why people get married. That's where I, I this is these are one of the good this is a good example for not getting married. Like yeah, so you can like if you truly, truly, truly both want to be married, then yeah. Yeah. But well, you know, this whole thing where that's like essentially one just got kind of bamboozled into it. It's like uh So it's a it's that movie's amazing. Marriage story is amazing. I thought we would close the conversation with that. I thought that was appropriate. Oh, well, it's a good yeah. <laughs> I I do love like people have been using that clip of like Every day, I wish you were dead or whatever. Yeah, yeah. people have been using. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, there's an there's an enormous amount of truth in that, and uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in in what you would say to somebody, what kind of shitty stuff you would say to somebody. Yeah. In the also, children. Yeah. yeah. The and, fact that I, yeah, you now have to know them f- essentially that's right. forever. That's the that's the that is the one the the one thing about the the two divorces that I've gone through. Uh, you know, I, I don't have we don't have children. Uh, yeah. I never had a child with them. And so that, you know, that makes it a lot easier to be, to have, to not have that, you know, to not have that. But yeah. I mean, divorce, divorce isn't easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not trying to lighten the load here, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, Gone Girl and Marriage Story, the two most accurate movies ever made <laughs> about marriage. So, all right. Well, there you go. There's your anti-Valentine's uh, day. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess the the lesson here is that uh, um, online dating is bullshit. I think that's one of the things. That- oh no, yeah. Well, dating in general, I right. think, is just <laughs> right. hot garbage. That's exactly right. Hot, uh, hot garbage, and I I feel uh-oh. so bad for anyone who has to do it. Everybody is stuck in that world. Uh oh. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, uh, and I love Nick's show. And she's got a sign that says "Fuck, I'm married." That's that's. <laughs> so, all right. Here's my dad. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. 
Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. All right, I do. Um, I do want to mention, though, Esmeralda, that we got a lot more um, stories than I got to, like anti Valentine's Day stories. Oh, of course, uh, there were a ton, but we just There's ran out of time. We a ran mile out of time. long because yeah. everybody has everybody has an anti Valentine's Day story. Everybody has a breakup. Everybody has a bad romance. Everybody has oh, a favorite yeah. uh, breakup song. Everybody has a favorite breakup movie. Uh, it's all there, and we're all reveling in it today. But I couldn't get to some of the stuff that you guys sent me, and I appreciate everything you send me. And if you want to just be a part of the show in any way possible, just leave a voicemail at 773-417-6948 or an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Dad, make us laugh. I'm putting a lot of pressure on my father right now. All right, Dad, here we go. Overhead at the magician's convention. Hi, Terry's house tricks. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, there. That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. And he'll do it again next Tuesday. And uh, there you go. It wasn't a relationship joke. I'm, I, 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 you know, I'm a little surprised. Well, you know what? Clean. Now we've, whoosh, clean. Yeah. Clean. He, That's it. He, he, he made the break. He made it all. Yeah, he made it all good. All right. Uh, all right, Esmeralda, thank you for sharing your crazy stories. And, uh, and, and, oh, yeah. And the, and the dicks that you've dated in the past and, and all that stuff. And thanks to everybody who sent in their things. And, and, uh, and thanks to Nazareth. That's right. Uh, if you want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast, voicemail 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You want to be a sponsor? You, got an, uh, you want to advertise with us? Please do. We reach a lot of people. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. My thanks to Jason Skaggs and Ed and everybody at radiomisfits.com. Uh, and uh, the next uh, podcast, uh, Esmeralda will be back. And we've got Slap Slapley is going to be nice. with us. That wonderful British bon vivant. And uh, 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 Eric Childress and Steve Procopi for the latest movies that we will be talking Love about. It. That's all on the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody, uh, to the Nick D Podcast. The wind is red on-